0: Welcome back, Stacia. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Al. How are you?
0: I'm doing well as well. I mean, it's uh, been a hot summer for the better part of the country, and I know our friends in Europe have uh, gone through an extraordinary time as well. So, uh, yeah, just trying to get recharged here during the summer months. I know you got kids running around, so you know it is that time of year. But if you would uh, introduce yourself, and I know we're going to talk about a topic that is very, uh, shall we say, challenging. It's a great opportunity as well, and that's performance management in hybrid work. So with that, a little bit about yourself and uh, what we'll be talking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Stacia Gar. I'm co-founder of Red Thread Research. We're a human capital research and advisory membership. We cover a range of things, uh, most often relevant with you, Al, is people analytics. But today, performance management is what we're going to talk about. And I think the fun thing is with the work that we get to do is how we can see all the different connections across different talent areas. And so performance management is very Near and dear to my heart, and our ability to actually think about it from an analytics perspective, and increasingly measure it, and understand how we might be able to improve it, is a really important thing.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a hugely important thing, and I know uh, we have some slides that you're going to share, and also, you know, if you're listening, uh, please. Uh, offer questions and ideas, perspectives, you know, as we go, and we're going to bring in Priyanka uh, in a bit as well. In fact, let, let's do that now. Priyanka, welcome, uh, and you want to introduce yourself yeah. a little bit? And, uh, yeah, sure. We're spotlight right out of the gate. <laughs>
2: Thank you, and apologies for joining in late. Um, so we're gonna I'm get fiam- Priyanka's
0: uh, audio going, and but we'll bring her back in uh, one second. Uh, but with that, Stacia, you know, we want to uh, go through um, the. Uh, I know you have some slides, I know you have some research, but <laughs> you know just want to make sure that uh, we orient uh, the viewers to not only not the theme, but I know you've done some research on this as well. So if you can introduce that, that would be great.
1: Absolutely. So with performance management, for anybody who follows uh, either my work or Red Thread's work, you'll know it is a topic that's near and dear to my heart and something I've actually been researching for well over a decade. And the reason uh, so you I don't, don't have hear
0: you. trouble hearing you. Huh.
1: Oh, it seems fine Sorry, to okay. me. I think Al, uh, Priyanka, and I can hear each other. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you go then, please.
1: OK, um, so we, just to kind of uh, reset, uh, as I mentioned, we've been doing I've been doing research on performance management for more than a decade. And part of the reason I keep coming back to this topic is it is so important. There are a few other topics that we research that touches every single employee in the organization influences culture in the way that it does, and has an impact on individual incentives and people's careers. And so for that reason, we are constantly returning to performance management and how we can make it better, how we can make it more fair, how we can make it more meaningful for individual employees, as well as the managers who support them. Now, we obviously have had a real shift with hybrid work in in terms of how people are doing the work and obviously before that with the pandemic an increase in all the remote work that happened now the question is truly what is it that we need to be doing differently when it comes to performance management as we move into hybrid work because there's the potential for so many different biases to come into play when we're talking about some workers being potentially in person some being more remote or distributed and us then trying to assess performance in some ways remote work was where everyone was not in the office was easier and that everyone was in the same playing much more in the same playing field as people start to come back to the office that shifts so that's that's what we were trying to understand with this study is how to think about these types of things um, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we're Red Thread Research for Human Capital Research Advisory Membership. Um, and we've been doing this work for quite a long time. So this is our, a summary of the methodology and data for this particular study. But as I mentioned, when I was with Person by Deloitte, I also led our performance management research from 2010 onwards. So this is uh, something that we have deep expertise in. So when we talk about building um, performance management for hybrid, there are really three areas that our current research said are where we need to focus. And what we're looking at in particular here is how has performance management changed since, let's say 2020 or 2019, which were the two earlier studies that we had run. And what we found was that organ- the managers, as well as organizations broadly, need to focus on these three areas. So connection, so enabling the connection. And as we think about people coming back to the office, that makes sense. We've actually got a podcast series called The Great Reconnection uh, to hopefully overcome the great resignation. Uh, But but connection is so important of of a lever that that's something that we're talking across all our research. So connections, point one. The second one is on clarity. And what's interesting about clarity, and we'll talk about this in just a little bit more detail, but In the past, clarity was something that we said to our managers, hey, managers, you need to go and make sure that your employees understand what they're working on. You know, you can do that however you want. You can have goals, conversations. You can set goals within the system. But really, it's on the manager and the employee. What shifted during the pandemic and what we see now is clarity is much more an organizational cultural thing that managers then help execute. But the organization is responsible for helping set in place the systems, the infrastructure, the culture, and the overall expectations that there will be clarity. And then the manager and the employee obviously still have to execute. But that shift to organization responsibility in addition to manager responsibility was a big one. And then finally, confidence and trust. And without confidence and trust, the ability to sense that, you know, even though I don't have eyes on this person every single day, that they can do this work. And that, you know, even as we bring them back into the office, we're not bringing them into the office because I don't trust them, but we're bringing them into the office for reasons of connection, maybe clarity, collaboration, all sorts of other C's. But the point is, is that confidence and trust is an important part of performance management moving forward. So, um, I can stop there, Al. I don't want to completely (laughs) run over, but uh, we can continue to kind of go down these three Cs or we can take a pause and answer any questions that you have or that have come in. Oh. Oh, I I don't think we can hear Al. I don't think we can hear you, Al. Now you can hear me. Beautiful.
0: So uh, what I was saying was this is a tough or challenging topic in the best of times. Yes. Uh, You know, performance management, I mean, the research goes back 20 plus years to the corporate leadership council that I was privy to, where the process actually disengaged not only the person being reviewed, but the reviewer, him or herself, and yes, it has evolved, and the data has gotten better, and the processes have improved. But without line of sight on someone, you don't know not only what they're doing, uh, you know, are they being efficient and effective? There's this, uh, for many, scarcity mentality where, okay, I if I don't see them, then yeah, I'm I have anxiety because I just don't know, uh, you know. And then there's this digital footprint still exhaust that people are creating to show activity. And again, we can talk about ethics all day, but that's not the purpose of it. But what I'm getting at is that, you know, if I am thinking that I'm being evaluated based on my behavior in front of the screen, you know, is that going to disengage me? Is that going to violate trust? You know, ultimately, we all want to be confident and we need to be trusted. So how to do this when you don't have Physical visibility don't don't have those uh, informal interactions. So yeah, I I love the notion that, of connection and having specific purposes for re-entering the office. So where I will land with all this is for performance management, which relates to compensation, promotions, you know, all these other things. We can't press reset on what we've done formally. So that's where my your know, question comes to you and the research that you're doing around this topic is what's going to shift, and do you see what's shifting being enduring? You know, the new way of doing things.
1: I think what's inherent in your question, Al, is a in- point that I think every organization or a question that that every organization needs to answer, which is what is the point of performance management for your organization? So we saw a pretty big shift, and I think, Priyanka, we have this slide in here. Is that true? We don't. We don't. <laughs> but yeah, I think tell you the numbers. <laughs> yeah. so, so what we saw was a, um, one of the more interesting pieces of data from the study that we looked at was Um, if organizations have redesigned performance management during the pandemic, so the last one to two years, in the last three to five years, so immediately before the pandemic, or not at all. And what we did was we then cut that to say, what is the intention? What is your purpose with performance management? What are you trying to drive for? And what was interesting was that those who have not redesigned performance management were much more focused on things like productivity and traditional assessment. So to your point, compensation, promotions, et cetera those who have redesigned performance management were by far more focused on engagement in particular. And so the thing is, is that performance management, yes, it can drive some of these other comp Processes, but when it is actually primarily being seen as a way of engaging, providing feedback, providing clarity, being a way to connect, as we discussed, uh, is that type of that is the outcome you're searching for. Then that has obviously downstream effects in terms of the way that you approach it and the the, uh, the honestly the competitiveness or the tightness of the assessment that needs to take place. I think the other thing that's important to to realize, and honestly, we've seen this in the last couple of uh, economic downturns, is that when things get financially tough, it's not like we're making great big different compensation decisions. It's right, like, okay, Al, am I going to give you 2% or am I going to give you 3%? You know, I mean, like the differences are are not substantial. And that is part of the reason I think that in general, we've seen the shift. We, because most organizations are not differentiating, certainly not base compensation, differentiating base compensation based on what's coming out of performance management. So I think, and that's not to say that there aren't important comp- uh, promotion decisions that lead to other compensation decisions. But I think the point is, is that we've kind of taken a little bit of the pressure off of performance management to be the the only thing it does is assessment, but to be this broader, more continuous approach to providing feedback.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly celebrate what you're sharing. And Pri- Priyanka, your your thoughts and perspectives on this, based on the research that y'all are doing on this.
2: Yeah, I think to add to Stacia's point, you know, one of the things that we noticed was that yes, organizations that have redesigned their performance management over the last couple of years are increasingly focused on engagement. But another thing that we found was that they're also making development uh, an integral part of performance management. And we saw that organizations who've particularly redesigned um, performance management in the last couple of years are providing development opportunities and enabling practices that focus on continuous development growth for employees um, as part of performance management and, and that was really interesting to see as well because we saw specifically when we looked down what are the practices that they're doing we saw that um, you know they're, they're having more conversations with managers employees are having more conversations and, and specifically they're having more structured development focused conversations with their managers and they're increasingly being encouraged by their by organizations to continuously learn and improve their skills. Um, So that's another interesting shift that we are starting to see, which I think is definitely in the right direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Celebrate that. And it's been too long in coming, if you ask me, (laughs) because it needs to be about development. It needs to be about the future, enhancing someone's individual capabilities. So the organization and the team that he or she is on benefits as well. So, uh, Stacia, I know you had some thoughts in bringing up the slide.
1: Yeah, I, was, I think it just illustrates what Priyanka was showing or mentioning a moment ago, which is that we did see, um, and this is data from the the latter uh, part of last year, and we did see an increase in the amount of check-ins, so quick check-ins. Um, you can see they're uh, in red for 2021, and then with formal structured monthly conversations, we saw an increase. But what's interesting, though, we also asked employees, you know, what do you want? You know, what, what's happening now, but what do you want? And a substantial percentage said, we still want more. We want more of these conversations. And um, One of the things that we get asked about, though, that I think is interesting is like, okay, well, what's, what's the line between, you know frequent conversations and micromanaging, because it can feel like maybe that is going to happen with this. And the, the, I think the point is, is that it really is more about the coaching. It's about the discussion, it's about the connection, particularly when people were, and in many instances still are, primarily remote, these conversations are one of the primary ways that they're feeling connected to their manager and connected to the broader organization. And so increasing them or at least enabling more connection is a critical part. It's not about micromanaging. It's not about detailed feedback on every single thing, but it's really more about, you know, how are you doing? What can I do to get barriers out of your way? Who can I connect you with who will be able to help you get your work done?
0: Now, am I taking it that this is happening to a greater extent based on your research? And if organizations have not made this nudge or shift, what is happening? Is, are they losing talent at a higher level frequency? Are they incurring risk? So what's the value proposition at the end of the day for taking you know, this approach? From a humanistic level, it's obvious but, you know what, what are the insights that do you have based on what you've researched thus far
1: yeah well one thing I'll, I'll mention and then Priyanka, I'll let you kind of jump in with some of the the bigger mm-hmm. overall um, numbers um, but one thing I'll We've we spent a little bit of time here talking about connection, um, but connection is just one component, right? So clarity remains critically important, um, as does the confidence and trust. But, but the two other drivers, like big, big picture drivers, that we saw within the study were culture and capability of managers, and those remain paramount in um, importance. So you know the the confidence. And, and trust is one component of capability of managers um, and and the, the clarity is one component of culture. Uh, those were kind of the biggest differences. But like I said, culture, capability of managers and the connection were the big three C's that we saw. Um, Priyanka, do you happen to have the, the numbers in terms of what the impact was on things like NPS and manager effectiveness? Yeah,
2: yeah I do. And we can talk about clarity And starting off just because we've been, (laughs) Stacia, you mentioned that earlier. Um, And so what we saw when we ran the numbers was that organizations with employees that reported high levels of clarity from their organization were 50% more likely to say that they had high engagement. Um, And then similarly, they were 2.7 times more likely to report a positive NPS for their organizations and uh, 2.4 times more likely to rate their managers as effective. So those are some really significant numbers that we found. Um, the, the impact of clarity on critical business outcomes that organizations care about. Um, when we looked at confidence and trust, so we found some really interesting data over there as well, here we saw that it has Um, Organizations that focus on confidence and trust have employees that are 4.8 times more likely to receive positive NPS from employees. So again, a very high uh, amount of impact that confidence and trust can have. And then similarly, 3.3 times they were more likely to be rated as having effective managers so again, a significant um, positive impact on that. Um, speaking of connections, we actually saw did not see um, a similarly high impact level. So I I uh, I think it was some somewhere around 1.2 times the positive impact that we saw on manager effectiveness. Um, but um, we we did want to you know talk, mention that this was this data was collected in July and September of 2021. So it's been it's been almost a year now since we collected this data. Um, and we're actually going to launch a study within the next month to update these numbers. And And our hypothesis is that we're actually going to see a much more significant impact of connections as we move forward. So yes, uh, thank you for sharing that slide.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I can actually see this, and then I, again, I, as you both know, when we talk about people data for good, humanizing the work experience, yeah, this is an opportunity that hopefully leaders as well as managers need to not only be attentive to, but take advantage of, because the costs of not doing this are severe, particularly given that we're in unquestionably now a downturn now, how severe is it gonna be is a, a question mark. But if your people are going to stick around through this and feel safe and connected to your point, then there needs to be a readjustment of expectations of what this process needs to be moving forward. So yeah, I really appreciate you know where you're coming from. Yeah, uh, you know, we have you know, 10, 12 more minutes um, and we can go past the bottom of the hour a little bit. Uh, Stacia, I come back to you. you know, I was. We talk about the future of performance management at the manager level. Uh, obviously, we talked about HR setting up the systems and processes and tools and, and, and so forth. But you mentioned coaching earlier. How, do you see that uh, managers specifically are getting the coaching, for lack of a better word, on how to be uh, present and have constructive conversations in a hybrid work environment or do you still see that as a significant gap
1: i still see it as a significant gap i mean most organizations i think are are starting to provide some of those resources but there is just so much to be done um, you know one of the big thing one of the big shifts and we didn't cover it explicitly in this work but there are a different set of expectations of what managers will do and say and how they'll enable their employees compared to even during the pandemic and then certainly uh, before the pandemic. So if we think about, for instance, the conversation around wellness and mental health and burnout, how how do managers have that conversation? What sort of resources should they be enabling? How might they change and restructure work so that they can in focus on these things for their employees. That's not something that we're seeing a lot of organizations focus on. Um, We mentioned clarity as being increasingly an organizational uh, topic. And that's, that's a good thing. But sometimes you know managers still need support. How do we have conversations about what's happening, particularly if I can't see you in, on a day- to-day basis? Um, you know what are the what are the expectations that we have in terms of documentation and changing things? and you know the, just kind of the, the list goes on because you do have to have that greater level of confidence, but you still also have to be able to verify, right Trust trust but verify. Um, and so we think that there is a lot of room and to help managers. And then the other side of this though is how are we taking some other work off of managers plates so they have the time to learn this and to do this differently? Because all we've done over the last two and a half years is pile more and more and more onto our managers. And it's no wonder that people are burned out and stressed and and leaving, right? So how do we take work off of our plates?
0: yeah and, give people and, and
1: if back. i can just add to that i
2: like mm-hmm. we're we're actually are starting to see the impact of this uh increasing level of work and the burnout that managers are are facing because in our study we 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 asked employees about their manager practices and we noticed a slight decline in some of the forward thinking practices that we had started to see managers adopt in 2020 during the pandemic um specifically we had asked around practices uh, that include you know, managers focusing on the outcome of the work instead of counting how many hours the employee has spent in the seat or being uh, in, encouraging flexible work schedules or creating a psychologically safe environment to work in. And we saw, it, it wasn't a huge decline, but we did see um, uh, uh, some amount of decline in those practices in 2021 when we compared it to our 2020 data. So which is worrisome, especially because as we consider Employees, some employees coming back into office, some of them continuing to work from home, what are going to be the impacts of those things? Our managers are managers going to take them into account? So it's just a lot that's piling onto their needs and that they need to think about. And and it's not clear if organizations are doing enough to support them right now.
0: Yeah, th- thank you for that. And when we talk about God, I, I get kind of like this because you know when we talk about support for people in this environment uh you know i just listened to the radio this morning yeah i listened to the radio although it's via the internet um you know the pandemic obviously is not over we got new boosters being produced you know the idea of you know travel business travel specifically is a question mark uh so so many people have Organizations, that is, have hired remotely for obvious reasons. And now it's the case, our systems and processes in many cases have not accommodated that yet. And there's nudges and there's efforts that are all well-intended. But going back to the actual work and resourcing, how can organizations drive better clarity in terms of the expectation setting? How do you see these resourcing people, employees, that is, working? I mean, there's so many questions that, and again, I get challenged sometimes, Al, you know, you you can get really complex. I'm like, well, in some cases, and I believe this is one, we have to embrace the complexity. Because if we oversimplify, we're going to miss things. And particularly when we talk about, hey, you're setting expectations, here's a list of, you know, goals. But if you don't resource and enable somebody. And that could be not only physical things and not only really be documents, but relationships. You know, how do you facilitate, you know, relationships so you have this connection in this, you know, hybrid work environment. So any insights from your research around how organizations create more clarity and provide these resources more effectively.
1: I think there's a couple of ways to think about it. One is through the systems that you put in place. And I don't mean just tech systems, but tech systems are obviously one of those. But what are the expectations that the organization has about clarity on goals or OKRs or whatever your organization calls them? What how often do you update them? What's what is just the standard set of expectations and how are they structured? So to what extent can you make sure that they are structured around specific outcomes, not necessarily you know time and seed, etc.? I think that so that's that's a, a system level question. The other system level question is how thinking through, you know, how does this play in different environments? Okay, something may make a ton of sense if we're coming together um, on a weekly basis in person, you know, two three days a week, whatever your organization has decided. But what if someone is not doing that? What are what are the implications potentially? So is an example of that. You know, if we're going to be giving um, quarterly feedback what does that look like for someone who's primarily remote? How might, what biases might come into play? And I think, you know, from the perspective of simplicity, what's, what's the checklist? What's the quarterly checklist that people need to think about? Okay, you know, did I did I see this demonstrated? Okay, if I didn't see it demonstrated, why might I have not seen it demonstrated? And does it come down to location or visibility versus, you know, the work actually getting done? So we think that there, there's a number of um, systems and, sets of resources that that managers can be provided I think the other thing from a manager perspective to think about and al you touched on this is what are the relationships I need to enable you know we talked about this role of connection it's not just connection to the manager but it's connection back to the organization and as you well know from some of Michael arena's work and others work, you know, we saw that the, um, the bonding connections, meaning the connections within team actually got stronger during the pandemic because you were working more with your direct team. But the bridging connections, so connections to others in the organization, not in your immediate work group, got uh, shrank quite a bit. And so as we we're reconnecting people to the organization, we need to really think about those bridging connections. And as a manager, part of your op- role and opportunity is to say, hey, Priyanka, You know, you should probably come in next Wednesday if you can, because so and so and so and so, who you you know would know, is going to be in the office. But thinking through, how do I enable that connection so that people can get the relationships they need to get their job done? And again, that's a different way of managing.
0: Yeah, it it absolutely is, and it takes uh, permission. To actually lead or manage that way, you know, it, you know, yes, yeah, some people might just innately show up that way, but there needs to be guidance towards that end and resources and modeling and all those things that many, some organizations have them, some some don't. So yeah, th- thank you for sharing. Um, as we start to wrap up, um, you know, Priyanka, your, your closing thoughts on this, uh, you know, challenge opportunity of performance management in hybrid work.
2: Yeah, I think, Al, there's a lot of opportunity. We were actually very excited. I remember when we first saw the data that came in in 2021, Stacia was giddy with excitement because finally she said we are actually seeing positive change happen after such a long time of pushing people to do it. So she's like, Ranka, this might not seem a lot to you, but it's a lot to me because literally this is am- these are amazing findings. Um, so we're obviously excited to see the direction that performance management is moving in. We are hoping to find uh, even more such similar findings in our new upcoming study. As I mentioned, we're actually going to launch a new performance management study and update our data set in the coming months. Um, And we are actually open uh, for interviews. So if any of our listeners are willing to share their stories, please reach out. We want to hear from you and we would love to uh, feature your stories if possible. Um, So Mm -hmm. yes, we're... Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we would love to <laughs> um so yeah so super excited to dig into this and see what else we find particularly around connections i think that's been a very interesting and exciting finding for us this year and like stacia has mentioned we're actually digging into it through our podcast and we actually have another ongoing study on reconnecting at work um so we're really excited to see and um to see what we find when it comes to enabling connections at work and how organizations can do that in a more
1: efficient way. All
0: right. Well, thank you. Uh, Stacia?
1: Um, I'll piggyback on that. We also have a podcast uh, season on reconnection right now that's running. um, Our first episode dropped last week, and that was with Liz Wiseman, who wrote Multipliers. So some of you all might know that book. Um, She came out with a new book called Impact Players, which is uh, a lot about leading yourself. Um, But she talks a lot about how do you do that in a hybrid world and also from a multiplier's perspective, as a manager, how do you do that? So um, just wanna underscore that this topic of connection is one we're spending a lot of time on. And uh, as Priyanka said, Come join us. You know, we this data, these data were exciting. We are looking for some new data. Um, anyone who takes our survey, we're gonna be giving some money to charity. So we are really trying to get high quality survey responses um, as well. And so would encourage folks to check us out on redthreadresearch.com and there will be all sorts of goodness coming on this topic in the next few months.
0: Well, as we discussed and agreed, and uh, we have some comments towards this end, that it's a hugely important topic. Uh, No one has it, quote unquote, figured out. You know, this is going to be evolving over time. So, thank you for doing what you do. Look forward to listening to your podcast and uh, hopefully. Well, we'll get together, uh, we'll announce this later, but we're going to get together here in the Bay Area in the fall. And uh, Priyanka, still got to get the FAL Connect event up there in Toronto before too long. But, hey, thank you both for being your awesome selves. Thank you all for uh, contributing, listening, viewing today. And uh, you all be well. And uh, redthreadresearch.com, yeah?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you Al, very much. Thank you Al.